Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ah, you damn right. Hope everybody's having a good Thursday. Thursday before the Super Bowl. Radio Row rolls on. We'll be talking about the big game today, of course. Uh, Some other NFL notes. And we are hoping to visit with two Hall of Famers. It's not often you get to say that you may get to talk to -to back-to-back Heisman winners. But coming up at 12-15, cross your fingers, Earl Campbell. Let me go chronologically. Tony Dorsett, 1976 Heisman winner, and Earl Campbell, 1977 Heisman winner, scheduled to join us at 12.15. But I know they're in demand. I know they're doing interviews all over that place today. Uh, I did see that they talked to 105.3 up in Dallas earlier. So hopefully we'll get to do that at 12.15. It's Chad and Zay on this Thursday. I'm Chad Hastings. Joining me, as always, is Isaiah Collier. There's a little NBA to talk about today. Zay, what's up? The great Biggie Small said in the song, Where Brooklyn that? Where Brooklyn that? Where Brooklyn that? Yeah, man. Crazy day. NBA trend deadline. Happy Thursday, everybody. Super Bowl week. And yes, I am hoping to talk to two Hall of Fame running backs also. Very, very cool stuff, man. Yeah, I've been uh, been nervous and jittery about that one ever since I heard the idea about a week ago. So hopefully that'll happen at 12.15. Because of that, we'll take our break a little early. So, Zay, let's make sure we get your thoughts in on these two big NBA stories. we got to go right to Kevin Durant for the biggest one. It was late, late last night. Kevin Durant to Phoenix, ultimately, in this deal. Give me your thoughts on, you were just talking about the Brooklyn side. What about the Phoenix side? How dangerous did the Suns just become? Very dangerous. They're the team to beat right now. I mean, when, when you look at the playoffs and it becomes a half-court game, it's not like the regular season. You know, it's not that high pace. Everybody's running up and down the court. Nobody playing D or really giving a damn. You just do enough to get yourself to the playoffs. And the young teams, they usually get the one and two seeds. But the teams that know, they, they just want to make it. And the Suns right now, they're the team to beat. So when you have Kevin Durant, maybe one of the best scorers of all time, arguably one of the best scorers of all time, with Devin Booker, who dropped 70 on the Boston Celtics, I think before he was even allowed to drink. (laughs) And then Chris Paul, we know what he could do. Now he's the three. This is perfect for him. At this point of his career, you're not asking him to do do nothing. Like, Chris could go stand in the corner, and he's a good shooter, knock down those shots, and he could take advantage of his matchups because you're not worrying about him. And he's top five in the assists. So Durant and Book, plus T.J. Warren, he could hoop too. If y'all remember in the bubble, T.J. Warren was getting 40-point games. So you got to worry about him. They still got DeAndre Ayton. He was the number one pick mm-hmm. in the draft just a few years ago. Now he's four, the fourth guy. 
DeAndre Ayton's the fourth guy. He just dropped like 35 and, tw- and 10 and 15 or something like that in a, a couple of games ago. So, man, this is a hell of a deal. They just got a new owner up there uh, in Phoenix. And, yeah, this is the NBA. We This is what we love about it. Trade deadline, a big blockbuster move like this. It's going to be fun to watch and see what happens in the West. Just big-time stuff there. Uh, that ends up being the biggest story in the NBA when it looked like it was going to be the Russell Westbrook uh, trade ends up being a three-team deal there between the Lakers, Minnesota, and Utah. Ultimately, the big parts of this one, Zay, correct me if I'm wrong, Russell Westbrook ultimately going to Utah, although nobody thinks he's going to actually play there, and D'Angelo Russell, uh, along with Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt, end up with the Lakers. So what did the Lakers just do for you? That's some pretty big moves. Those are some pretty good moves, especially the core that you're surrounding with LeBron and Anthony Davis. At the end of the day, Chad, the Lakers are going to go as high as Anthony Davis goes with his health. And we saw Anthony Davis during LeBron breaking the record. He doesn't look too happy to be there. Like I, that was a disgrace. That, that photo, God, that was weird. Video of him on the bench just sulking. Like this is supposed to be a big time moment. This is a guy that helped get you from New Orleans over to L.A. in a way you haven't lived up to what you've been expected of. You haven't done your part. LeBron has. And would he have a ring without LeBron? He would not. Uh, he wouldn't be a top 75 player without LeBron, which I don't think that's yeah. – I, I think that I think they need to throw him out. They can't do it now, but that's an NBA issue, having him as a top 75 player of all time. Anthony Davis is not that. So that's crazy. I don't know what – like Russell Westbrook and Darvin Ham got into an argument – at halftime, apparently, mm-hmm. in that game where LeBron broke the record. I don't know if that had something to do with it, but, yeah, they're not going to go you know, far with anybody as long as Anthony Davis isn't healthy. But Malik Beasley, he could really shoot it. Vanderbilt's a good two-way player. And D'Angelo Russell, he could go at times, too. Sometimes he plays a little too cool for me, like he doesn't give a damn, and that's always rubbing the wrong way. Because D'Angelo Russell, coming out of Ohio State, he was the number two pick. Like, he was supposed to be it. Yeah. Like, that next guy at 6'5", 6'5", point guard, he has good vision. You know, he's a nice southpaw type of player. He shows flashes of James Harden every once in a while, but it just a lot of time it doesn't look like he cares. So, you know, now you're going to L.A., which that's who drafted you. Um you know, we'll see what happens, but as long as Anthony Davis is going to be in and out the lineup and if Anthony Davis is just going to, you know, sulk the way he's been sulking, then it don't matter, especially with what the Phoenix Suns have done. So big names on the move. The trade deadline is this afternoon. Kevin Durant to Phoenix, the biggest story so far. Obviously, uh, you got Russell Westbrook out of L.A., and then last night you started to see the next biggest story move on, and that is Kyrie Irving and his first night in Dallas. We will get into that discussion at some point. we got a lot of football to get to, though. Let's take this break early. We want to make plenty of room for Earl and Tony D. Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett scheduled to join us at about 12.15, so please stay with us. This is the horn. All right, we are rolling through a Thursday and about to have a really, really cool interview. Chad and Zay with you on this Thursday. Real quick, what you got right there? This is the Love Unlimited Orchestra. Ooh. Is this the... Tra- so, that sounds like Together the Come- Brothers. 
Barry White. Oh, okay. Okay. You what? don't know nothing about this. No, why am I thinking about the come on around it? Because they stole the it. Right. Uh, that's this is what sample. Stole it, yeah. The Love Unlimited Orchestra. All right. Very nice. I knew I recognized it there. All right. Uh well, that's how we get started musically, and the way we get started with interviews today is an all-timer, kids. Let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline and uh shout out, of course, to our man Super Bowl Stu for getting these interviews set up. He told me about this one a little while ago, and oh, have I been pumped about this check these numbers out there are only 10 men 10 that are in the pro football hall of fame and won the heisman trophy and we're about to talk to two of them back to back heisman winners 76 and 77 it is tony dorsett and earl campbell live from radio row gentlemen it's a pleasure how are you uh doing fine doing fine it's good to be here so great to so great to talk to you guys. Uh, we need to let everybody know there's also a documentary coming out this weekend called The Perfect Ten from NFL Films. It's Saturday at 7 on Fox talking about uh, the unique list uh, that you guys are on. Um, and in terms of uh, of the two of you, I was trying to think of what to ask you guys. Um, let's start out with kind of your friendship because I, I do hear all the time about how close you guys are. How long have you guys been friends? friends and um earl i'll start with you when do you remember hearing about tony dorsett and when did you guys become friends i think i began to hear about tony when he won the heisman i was uh, gonna be senior at the university and i was working at junior that's junior before my senior year i was working a construction job on campus and this guy took it we took a lunch break and this guy said, this guy in Dallas is getting in a lot of trouble. He's doing everything. He, he's running Tom Landry crazy. And, of course, he says, you know, and he won the Heisman Trophy last year, and he made a million dollars. I said, let me see that paper. <laughs> and, of course, that was Tony, and that's when my relationship with yeah. him started. And then we used to play each other our uh, preseason, and him and I got to talking, and Ends up now, we spent, I think, if it wasn't for Covert, that was the first time you hadn't, about eight years, spent about yeah. eight days yeah. with me down on the ranch yeah. in Tyler and Hot Rod Buddies. Hot Rod. Yeah, so we've been friends <laughs> a long time. Yeah. So, Tony, what's your perspective on that? When do you remember hearing about Earl the first time and, and then, you know, starting the friendship and all that? <laughs> well, you know, when he obviously when he, when he won the Heisman Trophy, but, but the deal was, was see, I was – Born and raised up in the, in the Pittsburgh area, <laughs> and the Houston Oilers used to play the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh-huh. and and I was like, whoa, this guy is doing all making all this noise. I'm getting kissed the iron steel curtain. I'm like, hold it, man, what's going on, man? And Earl, you know, I, I didn't know much about him when he was in college, but. But when I when I saw him in the NFL and seen the things that he was doing to the Pittsburgh Steelers with, you know, Joe Green, L.C. Greenwood, yeah, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. I can't remember Lambert, all the names. Lambert and all those. Man, it was like it was crazy. I was like, God, I was like, and I used to when I got to see Earl, I said, Man, Earl, why? Why don't you let um, Yeah, that's one of the why, first things why, asked. Why don't you let why don't you let one man tackle you sometime, man? <laughs> hey man, you gonna get hurt, man. Go down, you can't get him. He said, Dorset, they be talking that 
He said, I got to get him back. I said, all right, bro, get him back. Good luck. <laughs> he was the best at it. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of fun together, you know. No doubt. Yeah. It's that, amazing that to see people, you know, East Texas is a big Cowboy fans, and they see Tony come down for the he'd be in our parades yeah, and stuff yeah. with our truck club. Yeah. And uh, we have a lot of fun. Well, fellas, it's an honor to talk to both of you guys. Both of you guys did it differently, but really dominated in the 80s and whatnot. How prideful are y'all for both being Heisman winners and then just the whole Heisman crew? You know, I, how close are y'all? And, you know, y'all just talked about y'all's friendship, but, you know, just with this whole Heisman thing, how close are all you big-time Heisman winners? Well, we had, we had a pretty good family, you know, Heisman yeah. family, you know. And, and, and the thing about it is, you know, especially the two of us, we, we're running backs, you know. Yeah. And, you know, we, we take a little pride in ourselves, and, yes. you know, especially winning the Heisman Trophy and, and doing those kind of things. But but the thing is, is, man, one of the things about, you know, for us even being here today is because the longevity yeah. that we had in, in the National Football League and college and Etc. So you know, I, I I take a lot of pride in the fact to say you know, yeah, yeah, I'm 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 in with Earl Campbell. I take a lot of pride yeah. to say, hey, my husband was right after Tony Dorsett. Yeah. I know y'all know who that is. So <laughs> you know, it's not, it's just a lot of fun being a part of the husband club. Yeah. But this H H thing, it brings it to a whole nother level. You know, it's sometimes you sit around and all the things that you do, you. Yes. Doing business and you're trying to have a family and you're trying to be with the grandkids, but yet and still you get in another group, the HH guys, that's Heisman to Hall and only on all this football and college and pro football, there's only ten guys that ever did that. And two of them are right here, right. best of friends, you know, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. And for the people who don't know, I didn't realize this. Uh, so Tim Brown, it says, uh, along with some other members of the group, have launched this brand that, that Earl, you just mentioned, H to H, the Heisman to Hall of Fame. Tim Brown is the only receiver in that group. Yes. Roger Staubach yes, would right. be the only uh, quarterback in the group, uh, and you guys yes. are a part of a group of, of running backs there. Charles Woodson, the only defensive player. So such an elite group. I think of you guys as elite anyway, elite running backs that I've gotten to see play in my life. But as I woke up today, I wouldn't have realized that list was that short. Did you guys realize that it was only 10 guys that have ever done those two things? I I didn't. I had no, no clue. that I thought it would have, have been more players that have won, you know, went to the Hall of Fame and won the Heisman Trophy. Heisman Trophy didn't win the, go in the Hall, Hall of Fame. Yeah. But the thing is, is it's not. And and it's <laughs> and so it's, a, it's an elite it's an elite, an elite group of athletes of that have done, done what they what done done the it's a lot of big, people, big names. It's yeah. a lot of people play college football that yeah. didn't go to pro football. Right, right. It's a lot of pro football players who just got in there and didn't make it. You know, they was good in college, but to say that you have a Heisman Trophy and a Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. you sit down mm-hmm. and think about how blessed God is, and that's just another aspect that he let happen in your life. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fellas, the game has changed a lot since y'all used to play, and you know nowadays they like to see the ball go through the air. How do y'all look at the game nowadays and how it's played compared to when y'all used to play? Well, I, I tell you, you know, I, I still love this to watch the running game. 
Uh, I understand the fact that, you know, things have, have, have moved on a little bit, so they don't depend as much with the, with the running backs as they used to because they got a lot of great great quarterbacks out there that are playing mm -hmm. and with wide receivers. But the thing is, is when the going gets tough, you need that running back. Yeah, when the going gets tough, <laughs> you know who they're coming to. <laughs> they're going back to those RBs to see what they can do. And so, you know what I mean? It's a good game. I like I game. was really pulling for Michigan this year and the Harbaugh. I thought he was going to go back into pro football. But if you want to watch a football game that's fun, Michigan Wolverines run that football. And I like that side of football. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just something different. But I, I, I noticed that when they get down close to that goal line, instead of trying to throw the ball on both levels, I think if they would get that running back involved, they would see Absolutely. that. It's, it's less room down there when the running back gets the ball in his hand. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I'd say when you get down to that goal line, Earl Campbell, Tony yeah. Dorsett, Marcus Allen, Barry Sanders, uh, all good options, all good options <laughs> yeah. uh, down there. I would say this, though, before we end and before we uh, finish talking about everything, I, I started a, a business. Uh, you know, you do these autographs and you go around the country, but – I started a deal in Las Vegas about a year ago, and I was just doing autograph. Now I'm a part of the company. I'm one of the owners of the company, and it's called uh, uh, Timeless Art Athletics. And uh, that led into a fairway mortgage company with Pat, and we do a lot of good things. And I think that's the thing they're going to have to see in this uh, documentary about HH that we do a lot of different things. We do a lot of business. We have, like I said, families. And I just think they're sitting on the side of us with this HH. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's funny you mentioned that, uh, Earl, that you mentioned business because my man Isaiah does have a question for you. Zay, you're trying to find some of that sausage, correct? Yeah, Earl, I love <laughs> the sausage, man. I'm it, a big it's fan. Good. It's hey, good. Hey, it's good. Where do you live, man? I live in Austin. <laughs> All you have to do oh. is drive over to your local ATB. <laughs> That's true. That's true, but we they also will. we also they work with your son, Toddler. He oh, he yeah. has his own show here. You know, great show. I know you're proud that of him. The, but that is the sausage king, Mr. Tyler Campbell. <laughs> he took my job. So, so I need to be talking the, to him, huh? Yes, he run our part of the sausage business. <laughs> Tyler's a great kid. and I like He to sure say, is. Thanks yeah. for you guys working with him, and he takes his own weight. He wants to do different things in life, and it's a great thing he's doing. Yeah, I, I know you fellas have limited time today. You're talking to a lot of different people. Real quick, Tony Dorsett, tell me about these uh, Cowboys uh, running back situation. There's a lot of people wanting to talk about Pollard and Elliott and what happens next. You got any ideas for him? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, just keep doing what they're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing, doing your way, and, and hope for the best. You know, hope you don't get yourself injured or anything. That's the thing about it is to try to stay as healthy as you can. And when your opportunity comes, make the best of it. Gotcha. So you're saying you're leaving all that parlor and, and Zeke and, and, and Jerry's saying, huh? Yeah. You can't <laughs> get out of it. Okay, yeah. now I want to be, you want to say, Tony Dorsett said, no, he didn't do it. I didn't. There you go. I, I, I appreciate what those guys do. They bring, they bring, they all, they both bring something to the, to the table. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
that's a good thing to have as, as, a, as a owner or a coach of a team. See, as everybody can hear, 33 yeah. still got the moves. That was, a great, that was a great move right there. Zay, one more, <laughs> one more, and then we'll let these guys go. Hey, Tony, so let me ask you this, because there's a guy that works for our station that's a legend in his own right named Michael Bucky Gottbolt, who played with you at, at the big 33 game up in Pennsylvania in wow. high school. He claims to know you. Do you wow. recognize that name? Wow, man, you taking me way back. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, how is he doing nowadays? Bucky's down in Austin, man. He is? Yes, he oh, is. Man. Yeah, man. That's He's Howard Cosell on radio. Yeah, he, he is. He is. Yeah, he he was a good guy. I like it. Yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Hey, fellas. Hey, thank you, oh, guys. Very hey, much. man, thank you all. Y'all got a real quick good pick on the job. game? Eagles, Chiefs, who y'all got? I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Okay. Well, you know, uh, you know, I'm an yeah. NFC man. I like, I like the Eagles. Oh, okay. There you go. They, they're going to differ on that pick, fellas. Thank you all so much for joining us. Thank you, fellas. You know, they were a menace. They were they just it was so tough on us when I was playing. Yeah, I can't root for them, Tony, but I think they're going to win. Yeah. Hey, you yeah. I, I agree. I, that's the way. Best. That's the way to put it. You know. I think they're going to win. There you go. I can't root for, I can't root for them, but I think they're going to win. Oh, I know that feeling. Hey, fellas, it was it was hey, a pleasure to talk to you guys. You have something else? Yeah, I was. I remember back in the day, I used to say, the city of brotherly love, my... <laughs> there Thanks, you go. I, mean, I said, them fans up there, boy, would kill you, boy. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were so hostile, man. They would throw water on us, beer on us, everything. And call, the only thing I liked about their fans was... They talked to Tom Landry. They talked and said things to Tom Landry that a lot of us players wanted to say, but we could. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Hey, y'all have y'all have a great day, fellas. Enjoy the rest of uh, Radio Row and enjoy the game. And we'll definitely pump oh, this documentary, okay. man. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, fellas. Oh, my goodness. Tony Dorsett and wow. Earl Campbell. My goodness. At the same time. Did everybody hear the moment when Tony Dorsett started a sentence and Earl Campbell finished it? That was fantastic. Tony Dorsett said, you know, when you get down towards that goal line, and Earl said, go with the running back. <laughs> Yo, this job is so dope. I'm literally rocking a neck roll, wearing Crocs, yeah. and we just interviewed Earl Campbell Dude, and Tony Dorsett. That's incredible. Are you kidding me? That's amazing. Wow. And they, and they both knew Bucky. They both knew him. Earl Campbell just called Bucky the Howard Cosell of Austin. <laughs> Did y'all hear that? <laughs> that was great. Oh, it's fantastic. All right, so uh, not that you needed something else to go to put on your DVR list or your TV list, but you have got to check this thing out. Uh, the Perfect Ten is what it's called. NFL Films documentary coming up from... Uh, Coming up on Saturday, Saturday night at 7. So we all know how it is on Super Bowl weekend. Super Bowl doesn't kick till 5.30 on Sunday. Yeah. So much pregame, so much stuff. We'll talk about tonight where the honors are coming up and you can see the awards. But this will be incredible. Ten men, and I'll list them for you here in a second, but only ten have ever won the Heisman Trophy and then gone to the Hall of Fame. We mentioned it. Roger the Dodger is the only quarterback. Tim Brown is the only wide receiver. Dude, I could have thought forever. And I dig Tim Brown. I, 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 I could have thought forever and not come up with Tim Brown. What year did he win the Heisman? Uh, Tim was 88. God, he was so cold. If I'm not mistaken. Turning punts and stuff. Oh, he was 
to total badass at Notre Dame, goes on to the great career with the Raiders, and does become a Hall of Famer. Uh, The only defensive player is Charles Woodson, much like Charles is the only defensive player to win the Heisman. But he played offense really at Michigan. If he he didn't play offense a little bit, he wouldn't have got it. Yeah, there's no true defensive player that's ever ever won the Heisman. Yeah, Charles Woodson was playing offense a little bit. So Woodson is the only defensive guy, and then you've got these guys as uh, running backs, Doak Walker, Paul Horning, Marcus Allen, O.J., Earl and uh, Barry Sanders and Tony Dorsett. Wow! Wow! I did not realize the list was that uh, that unique and that specific. Shout out to this H to H group. Tim Brown put it together, uh, and it does stand for Heisman to the Hall of Fame. It's a ninety minute NFL Films documentary coming up Saturday. I couldn't believe the notes that Stu sent us for this interview. Said, "Don't talk about OJ." I can't believe that he's a part of the crew. <laughs> Why? What the hell? What are we doing? He's a part of it. He deserves to be mm. there. If he's in it, he's in it, right? Mm. Why couldn't we ask the guys about OJ? Well, yeah. Yeah. Some stuff. Yeah, some stuff. There was some stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, somebody says, that was great stuff. T-Bone says, y'all killed it. Hey, we didn't do anything. We got out of the way. Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett. That is great stuff. So this is going to be one of those days where I call my dad and try to impress him. Oh, same. O- over the years, it's one of those where it's like, hey, dad, I got to talk to blank. And today will be a big one of those. Oh, my mom's such a big Houston Oilers fan. I I I might be the favorite kid now. Yeah, out yeah. of both my brother and sister. There you go. That is cool. All right. Uh, and again, thanks to uh, our man Super Bowl Stu. Yes, thank you, Stu, for getting things all set up there. Also, remember our big game coverage throughout the week has been uh, also brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer. Shout out to the folks at Texas Truck and Trailer. Uh, I was uh, communicating with Terry this week. That crew, like me and a lot of you Cowboys fans, and Tony Dorsett, are rooting for the Chiefs this week. Terry's been a Chiefs fan since back in the 70s. So Texas Truck and Trailer, they know which side they're on. They are rooting for those Chiefs. All right, so um, incredible stuff there. By the end of this day, if we can say we've talked to Earl Campbell, Tony Dorsett, Brandon Lang, and Jeff Howe, that's a pretty full day. It's big time. And our man Zach Lucero to preview the Flex show. Oh, that's huge. That's a full show right there. Yeah. That's a full show. Uh, so the, all, all that hopefully coming up for you in the show today, but getting to start it with Earl and Tony Dorsett, that's awesome. And I'll tell you, the way this is set up, obviously I would have liked to have been face-to-face with those guys, but I will say, Zay, it does help the nerves a little bit. Because the times that I've had to go face-to-face with some of the greats, <laughs> yeah. starstruck, I freak out. Yeah, I do kind of freak out. I feel so you. I've had a chance to, you know, um, you get a little nervous there. But oh, you saw how nervous I was at prep. Oh, yeah. You, no, you saw, both you of us. saw both yeah, of us were. You saw how nervous I was at prep. I was out here talking to Christina and Jacob and Patrick and stuff. I was like, yo, y'all, this is... Yeah. This is well, big time. Like these guys are I mean idols. You don't often talk to a guy who's literally painted on a piece of artwork outside your studio. Every time we take a picture with a guest, we stand in front of that painting. Yeah. There's a painting of Earl right outside of our studio. And the level I mean Earl's level you know in so many places, but what he is in Austin, but then you hear those guys talk about it. when you hear Tony Dorsett talk about it, that's why I'm I'm glad I asked that question. For Tony, it was about the the Oilers version of Earl. Right. So for him it wasn't specific to the Texas part. Obviously Tony's getting his pro career started as well. That was a great line Earl had about he's causing trouble up there in Dallas and everything. Yo, hey. That was great. People on Specs text line, ask Bucky Gobble tomorrow about their time at the Big 33 game, staying in dorms and stuff about yep. Tony Dorsett. Tony Dorsett, 
He had a good time. Do they still do Big 33 in Pennsylvania? Or did they get know. rid of it? I feel like they do that Pennsylvania versus Ohio game or oh, something okay. like They do one of those. Because that used to be like one of the most badass yeah. all, uh, high school all-star games ever. Yeah, a lot of talent in that area. Yeah, no doubt about it. So Tony Dorsett, Hall, uh, Hall of Famer and Heisman winner in 76. Then you got Earl Campbell in 77. And, of course, he ends up in the Hall of Fame. And we just talked to both of them. That documentary comes out Saturday at Seven. Uh, Zay, tomorrow, do we have a scheduled time for your official Super Bowl prediction? Would you like to wait all the way to the end of the show? Stems and seeds. Stems and seeds Stems tomorrow. And seeds tomorrow. You need that long. Yeah, I need that okay, long. Okay, fair enough. I will tell you, though, I'm really enjoying the way this week is going picks-wise so far. Because I can count on one hand the number of people I've heard pick the Chiefs. Uh, Sam Monson, earlier in the week from Pro Football Focus, was on with us. He picked the Chiefs. If you want to hear exactly why, you can go to hornfm.com. We got that interview posted. Also, by the way, thanks to Brian Billick for giving Bucky and Aaron some time. That was a great interview, uh, and you can check that out at hornfm.com. Speaking of Billick, I'll tell you about that Ravens documentary in the crap bag. I watched it last night. Um, but th- those, uh, So Sam Monson picked the Chiefs, and then... Uh, Scott Van Pelt took the Chiefs, but I feel like he was doing it betting-wise. He, like, teased it and things like that. So I, of the, it was like those two, but everybody else is going Eagles. I'm hearing Eagles, 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 and I'm just hoping that that pisses the Kansas City Chiefs off enough to where that is their bulletin board material for the week. Here's a stat that I saw that really stuck out to me, Chad, and you're going to really be able to relate to. Okay, Patrick Mahomes. Has the most passing yards in the league this season. The Eagles, they have the best passing defense when it comes to yards per game. Oh, here we the go. last time two teams met with both of those uh-huh. statistics, when your Bucks beat Rich Gannon and when the Legion of Boom beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos. Ah, so you're saying the defense matters in those games. <laughs> Just the tad. So, the tag. so now we come back around to why I'm picking the Eagles. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just you know throughout my life I've gotten to watch a lot of Super Bowls. Uh, I am to the point where this is 57. The first one I watched was Super Bowl 15. Not that I haven't watched quarterbacks be badass in a Super Bowl. Who was that? Clearly, I have. Super Bowl 15 would have been Raiders over Eagles. Okay. So Jim Plunkett winning his first Super Bowl. Plunk. That's, that's the first one I remember. So the, it, basically, it's the first Super Bowl after the Steelers run. I didn't see any of those. I didn't see any of the first four. This is Madden's only Super Bowl, right? Uh, Madden's was 11. Oh, okay. So that's before my time. Okay. Madden's 11. No, this would have been Tom Flores. (laughs) My fault for aging you a little bit. No, yeah, yeah. Don't make me older (laughs) than I am. Please don't make me any older than I am. No, I think Super Bowl 15. So it was Tom Flores is the coach, and I believe Tom Flores that day became the first minority head coach to win a Super Bowl. Mm. believe that's true. Wow. Um, y'all can double-check me on that one. That's it's Jim Plunkett and Cliff Branch and that crew that won it. But through the years, when we have seen the truly elite defenses that can get after a quarterback, they end up going that way. Again, I'll talk about those Ravens in 2000. They were one of those teams. That Bucks team, uh, you mentioned it, Bucks and Rich Gannon. Oh, my God. The Bucks got so much so much chip on the shoulder that week of prep or two weeks or whatever it was. They're playing the Raiders brand. And everybody just, not that they ignored the Chucky thing, but people just really put aside the, like, you know their head coach used to be their head coach, right? Yeah. You don't think that's going to be an advantage for the team that he's with now? 
And everybody just leaned. Like, it was up. only a year, wasn't it? Yes, it was the previous year. Wow! And it's one of the craziest. It it to me is one of the biggest hauls for a coach in terms of a trade we've ever seen. Two firsts, two seconds, and a bag of money. Eight million dollars plus two firsts and two seconds for John Gruden. Go look what Sean Payton just went for. It wasn't that much. That was a huge amount to have to give up. And then they so they win that game. But yeah, if I if I'm seeing that. You can we get clouded by offense a lot, and I hope I get to come in on Monday and say I'm wrong and over, and Mahomes overcame it. But you just said that Rich Gannon, who by the way had Jerry Rice and Tim Brown to throw to. Let's make sure yeah. we're clear about yes. that. He had those guys. Was Tim Brown still on that team? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. I think okay. Mm-hmm. And Porter was on that team, and they could go now. Oh, Rich Gannon was the man that year. Charlie Garner, I think, would have been the running back on yeah, that Charles team. Charles Woodson on the other side. Yeah, they just got to the. Uh, AFC Conference Championship where Woodson hit Brady and should have been a fumble, but wasn't. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah, because the yeah, 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 the the Tuck Rule game would have been the previous season yeah. mm-hmm. before leading up to Super Bowl thirty six. Uh, yeah, you're right. So all of that, and there was so much attention for them. And you had little old Brad Johnson as the quarterback of the Bucks. <laughs> little old Brad Johnson. People knew his name, but they didn't really. He was think. big. He was like six foot, wasn't he? Uh, he was bigger. He's big guy. Big guy. Yeah. Yeah, but it just nobody thought. Of that offense is badass. Nobody really thought of him as much, and it was all Mike about the Allstock defense, dude. And they could just they could do what these what these Eagles do if you let them, just choke you out. Joe so, Jaravicious. Joe Jaravicious was Come on that man. team. What Ke- a good three. Keyshawn was on that team. Keyshawn was good. Keyshawn. Oh, and also uh, Keenan McCardell has to yeah. be mentioned there. He had some yeah. big plays for the Bucks that year. So yes. Uh, so there you go. Historically speaking, when a defense like this faces a quarterback like this, the defense wins. If you're rooting for the Eagles, that is good news for you. So let us know what you think. The Specs text line is three three seven three seven seven six. All right, coming up at one oh five, our man Brandon Lang's going to move the interview to Thursday, and he'll be sitting right there on Radio Row with our man Super Bowl Stew. That's coming up at one oh five. Up next, though, in the crab bag, I'll tell you a little bit about that Ray. Documentary. If you love pro football, yeah, you need to check it out. This is the horn. Winter weather may be upon us, but that's no reason not to have fun indoors. How about in a cave? Inner Space Cavern, one of the best preserved caves in Texas. Take the guided adventure tour, the hidden passages tour, the wild cave tour. No reservations required. Hit innerspacecavern.com for tour information, times, and even a coupon. Inner Space Cavern is located in the depths beneath Georgetown. I-35, exit 259. Inner Space Cavern. Come explore. Your adventures await. Inner Space Cavern. Oh, such a good groove on this one. And shooby dooby dooby. Everyday people. Sly and the Family Stone? That's right. Yeah? Okay. Nice. I I thought that was right. It's a great vibe, man. This is one of those songs I don't know. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, worship the song, but if you dislike this song, you might want to get something checked out. Yeah. 
You need a shrink. Nothing wrong with this one. Sly and the Family Stone, who, if I'm not mistaken, did play Woodstock. Did they really? I believe Sly and the Family Stone were at Woodstock. Uh, Also, Love Unlimited Orchestra. I'm glad I know that now. Uh, I heard the sample. Uh, I heard it as the sample that somebody used later, but Zay played the original earlier. A lot of good stuff starting off the show today. We talked about Durant to Phoenix. We talked a little Russell going out of L.A., but mainly we talked to Earl Campbell and Tony Dorsett and learned that they are a part of an even more elite group than we thought. They're not just Heisman winners. They're Heisman winners who are in the Hall of Fame. Now, I knew that. I knew they were both that thing. I just didn't know that was only 10 of them. Did not realize it. And there's a special documentary coming up Saturday at 7 on Fox called The Perfect 10. Uh, it's an NFL Films documentary talking about all of those guys. So check that out on Saturday. Uh, a pleasure to talk to Earl and Tony. If you have any thoughts for us, the Specs text line is there, 337-3776. Are you picking the Eagles? Are you picking the Chiefs? Somebody says, go back and look at the Eagles' schedule from this year and find me one win that impressed you. Don't, it is a little weak. Don't say that too loud, though. Don't say that too loud. A little that, that's the part that could help. That's that's the part that could help the Eagles out. Com- we don't need to give them any bulletin board material. Chad, let me ask you this. With talking to Tony Dorsett and Earl Campbell and them being on that list of 10, do you think there's anybody currently playing that can make that list? Like Derrick Henry's the only person I think that comes to mind. I don't know if I'm missing anybody or if it's fuzzy, but that's a tough list to make. Absolutely. Like we're talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, 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 right. You have to yes, and yeah, thanks for clarifying that. Not the college Not Hall the of college, Fame. They should all make it. This is the Heisman. Right, the Pro Football Hall of Fame and winning the Heisman at the college level. The two guys that you just mentioned one. The two guys that would pop into my head in terms of how do their careers finish out would be Derrick Henry and Lamar. There we go. Because Lamar's a Heisman guy. Right. So if things continue, and he's been an MVP. Right. So, and then it's just about, though, can he put together, because it's such a specialized world. Joe Burrow, there such it a specialized is. Thank world. you. Joe. Joe Burrow. Yeah. There you go. Right. Joe's a good chance. Joe has, Joe's, Joe will be the one to watch. Joe's the one that's going to have a big time shot. Again, only one quarterback ever, and it's Roger Staubach? Ever. Think about that. Now, I guess we did have a – there was a big stretch, 70s and 80s, where you didn't have a ton of quarterbacks, and if you had a quarterback, it was one of those college situations. And then he went to the pros, and he wasn't a badass. Yeah. <laughs> Swanky. So, there are those guys that just – Earl Tim Earl, Tebow. Earl said, Tebow. Earl said it perfectly, that it's just some guys live in one world and, or the other. You could become a Pro Football Hall of Famer, and you were nowhere close to a Heisman. Yeah. And the Heisman is just so darn specific to, to how you win the thing – and then you got to go and try to have a pro career. So uh, it was a lot of fun to talk to those guys. But, yeah, crazy to think about that elite level. Uh, speaking of an elite level, this defense certainly had that elite level. Let's talk about uh, a documentary you need to see, another one you need to see in the crap bag. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Brought to you by AV Consultations. 255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. So, two documentaries to mention here. We just talked about the one, The Perfect 10, Saturday at 7 on Fox. How about this one? If you have ESPN+, Plus, they may be putting it on ESPN soon, so look for it. But this Ravens documentary, The Bullies of Baltimore, Zay, I had multiple people this week telling me to watch it. 
you would ask me if I'd seen it. And then somebody else in the office, Craig Way, saw it and went, dude, you got to watch it. Got to check it out. I'm watching it right after the show. Jeff House walks out of here the other day and says, man, you got to watch this thing. And then last night, my buddy's wife, so let me lay this all out. My man Rick Sacamano is, if he had to pick, he's a Bears guy. But his son, his youngest son, has adopted the Ravens as his team. He likes the Ravens. He likes Lamar and the Ravens. So he sat down with his mom, who's a Dolphins fan, Marino freak. She, they sat down and watched the documentary, and she texted me. It was that good to them. She yeah. said, hey, have you seen this Ravens documentary? And I was like, my God, you're the third, fourth person to mention it. She said, we just watched it. Ten out of ten. you got to see it. Wow. So I carved out time last night, and I watched it. It was fantastic. If you love pro football, especially if you remember that time period, but maybe you don't remember all the details, go back. They do a special event where they get together. I'll try to get them all. Brian Billick, Ray Lewis, Trent Dilfer, Del Rio, who was the linebackers coach, Marvin Lewis, who was the defensive coordinator of that badass group, Tony Saragusa. Um, I think I got them Didn't all. Tony Saragusa passed recently? Yeah, well, that's the crazy part. It, the, the, they filmed this a month before he died. Wow. A month. So you and it's set up incredibly well. They bring that up at the very beginning, then they go back to the event, roll you all the way through it, and at the end they go back and show you those guys walking into his funeral. Like it's all it's sad, it's it's funny, it's happy, it's you know the the memories, it's all those things at once. But that Ravens defense was just so so good. You're reminded everything they had there, what was on offense you know, when they needed it, things like Shannon Sharp and the change at quarterback, and they go through that whole deal. But it was uh, it was incredible to watch and incredible to think back that anybody, apparently, and they showed everybody picking the Giants leading into the week. Tom Jackson, Chris Berman, the guys on ESPN, Chris Morton said, and, all, and they were picking these weird, ugly scores, and it was going to be low scoring, but they thought the Giants would ultimately win the game. Kerry Collins? Kerry Collins. Because they... Kerry Collins and the Giants in the NFC title game, they beat Minnesota. They beat uh, uh, Randy, Ra- Moss, Randy and Moss and Minnesota 41 to nothing. They thrashed them. And it almost it somehow distracted a lot of people from what Baltimore was doing on the other side, which was just putting Tennessee and the Raiders in a vice grip. Just putting them in a cage and not letting them out. They were in. Incredible. Um, won the Super Bowl 34-7, to but the 7 was a kick return. They, they, the defense had a shutout in the Super Bowl. Wow. They just gave up the one kick return. So it was great. The other little fact I learned about this thing, it's an oh, of course it was this guy that did it. Trent Dilfer along the way lost his playbook at a game, and he realized it was Tennessee, big rival for them at that time. Tennessee went to the Super Bowl before the year before with Steve McNair. He goes to the guys and says, hey, I know you are going to hate me for this, but I think I lost my playbook and blah, blah, blah. He says, years later, Greg Williams walks up to me and admits that he took it, and they took it. So Greg Williams, of course it's Greg Williams, the bounty gate defensive coordinator, that guy, the I'll walk across the line, lack of human understanding, I'll break any rule that I need to break. Greg Williams is the guy that stole Trent Dilfer's playbook. 
Wow. And it still didn't matter when they played them in the divisional round. <laughs> Shannon Sharp said, you could have as many playbooks as you wanted. Y'all weren't beating us. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't going to happen. <laughs> oh, man, it was fun. And I had to watch in secrecy, since my wife is a Steelers fan, she didn't want any part of a documentary right. talking about the Ravens. Uh, but yeah, it was watching in like the back dark room. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, they also point out that that whole season is after the Ray Lewis thing. It's after it was the previous Super Bowl where the whole deal happened with the murder and Ray Lewis, and he, um, uh, what's the what's the phrase? He misrepresents himself to the cops, basically. He lied to the cops, and that's what ended him up in court. And obviously there are a lot of people to this day that have their thoughts about Ray Lewis, but ultimately he ends up they having... They had the blood on the white suit. He goes to court, he's a witness in that, and then they, they showed him getting asked questions at Media Day, the next Super Bowl. ESPN did a piece leading into that Super Bowl with the Giants about Ray Lewis and how Ray Lewis was about to play in the Super Bowl, but these other two guys are dead, and Ray Lewis went to court <laughs> oh, and all man. these things. Uh, so they go into all these different things. There's some great, great stuff in there, man. The Tony Siragusa, Phil Sims thing I didn't know about, go watch it. B- Bullies of Baltimore, the 30 for 30 on the Ravens, is priceless. Uh, and I still can't believe they did my man Trent Dilfer wrong by getting rid of him after the season. I totally forgot about that part. Since I'm a Bucks guy, if I'm if you're a Cowboy or a Buck, you're my guy forever. And I wanted Trent Dilfer to get another shot with Baltimore. Yeah, Trent, sorry it wasn't Didn't easy happen. enough for you. Sorry, sorry they weren't impressed enough with your performance to keep you around. Man, I did see that full comment. It's in there. It's in the 30 for 30. The context, the I, you know, obviously they didn't show all the raw footage. I'd like to hear that full conversation, but you hear it. It's Trent Dilfer trying to give love to the defense, but he is also trying to do the old man, you know, it's easier to play quarterback now. And it was a weird dig. A strange dig at Tom Brady like, and Aaron Rodgers. Did it flow with like what was going on at the time when he said it? I mean, because it doesn't flow at all to me anyway. It it did in a way. It, I in a way, I sort of understood where he was going. It was again, it was an old school, new school kind of thing. I don't think Trent meant it. I don't think he was meaning it to try to make himself look better. I think he was trying to make his defense seem badass, right? And. They were also, I think they had just come out of the discussion about Siragusa's flag, or sorry, Siragusa's sack of Rich Gannon that hurt him in the AFC title game and that he didn't get flagged but got fined for it later. The league fined him on Monday, even though they didn't throw a flag on Sunday. And they were all griping about that stuff. So they were kind of, I think, in that mindset, and then Trent let that thing go and had the, and threw in the weird thing about Rodgers and Brady. Yeah, so. if you didn't say Rodgers and Brady, I'm good with it. I know. it was, we ain't even talking about it. Yeah. And he threw those guys out there. He did. Two of the greatest to ever do it <laughs> I know. with his resume. I'm not trying to get on Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm not trying to get on Rembrandt, but, you know, painting's easier now. <laughs> whoa, whoa, what? what? what Trent, you? shut your bald ass up, what dog. Is, what are you talking about? You need to worry about your anger management and not going off on these high school kids that you got caught on film doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you remember that? That's not yeah, yeah, that Trent, you need to relax. Ravens documentary, it's out there. Check it out. All right, coming up next, you want to check this out every week. Normally we talk to Brandon Lang on Friday, but by tomorrow he'll be headed back from Arizona, so we wanted to get him while he's on Radio Row. Brandon Lang from BrandonLang.com. Up next, he was talking Eagles and that pressure last week. Is that where he's leaning? He will give you some ideas for where he might be leaning coming up next on The Horn.